Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. The podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. A quick programming note from Coach Dro. This past week, I completed my first week as the head women's basketball coach at Cleary University. Cleary is a terrific NAIA school. I'm excited to share more about my journey in episodes to come. However, I'm going to say this right off the bat. If you are an NAIA Division II, Division III, or junior college coach, I simply salute you. I've walked in your shoes for only five days, and my respect for you is simply off the charts. Coaches can coach truly no matter what level today we are talking to coach marcus stout coach marcus is currently an assistant coach for coach dj baker with the motor city cruise the motor city cruise is the detroit pistons g league affiliate team coach marcus played at detroit renaissance high school and coach marcus was a member of the 2003-2004 team that went 27 and 0 and won the Michigan Class B State Championship. Coach Marcus would then have a standout career at Fordham University in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Coach Marcus scored over 1,700 points. And in 2015, Coach Marcus was inducted into the Fordham Hall of Fame after a professional career that was cut short by injuries. Coach Marcus worked for his college assistant coach, Coach Ross Burns, at Pro Hoops. Pro Hoops is an elite, and I mean elite, training company in New York City that has trained countless NBA players. After returning to Detroit, Coach Marcus got his professional start with the Flint United. Coach Marcus was the director of player personnel for this professional franchise. And last fall, Coach Marcus received a phone call from Coach Rob Murphy and was offered a position with the Motor City Cruise. Coach Marcus is entering year two in the Pistons organization. And as you soon will hear, Coach Marcus is being mentored by countless members within the Detroit Pistons organization. If you're a big fan of player development, then Coach Marcus is your guy. Wait to hear Coach Marcus talk about the C-Smart Ascension plan. Trust me, it's really good. Finally, wait to hear Coach Marcus talk about the word environment. He does it multiple times in this conversation, and I think it is absolutely outstanding subscribe rate and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening remember we are everywhere apple podcast spotify stitcher amazon music google Podcasts, and so much more please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast bigger audience we can create the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches follow tell me your story coach on instagram at tell me your story coach follow tell me your story coach on twitter at coach kevin Drow. connect with me on linkedin kevin mondro and remember if you need fall gear and uniforms check out my show notes below and connect with Moneyball Sportswear today. Enter the promo code DRO and gear up. If you're looking for a book to read and you heard episode 87 with Coach Rob Murphy, then you have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. See my show notes for how you can secure a copy of this amazing book by Coach Murph. Finally, if you're looking for a great book to read, please pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Phillips breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. See my show notes for how you can pre-order this book by this incredible basketball mind. Enough of Coach Joe. Let's get to Coach Marcus Stout and share his story. Marcus, why do you coach? I coach because I love two things. I love basketball and I love people. Coaching allows me to bring those two passions of mine together. I love the game of basketball my whole life. I've been playing this since I was four or five years old and I've grown in my adult life to just love relationships, love 
connecting people and helping people through the game of basketball and in life. So coaching to me, it brings those two together. It allows me to build relationships through the game that carry on the court, but then also off the court. And this allowed me to help people move forward and succeed in life and allow them to have success on a basketball court. And I just love to see young players and young guys just not only play well, but the things that come along with that confidence. Girls, you know, all kind of things where they just, it kind of makes them happy, gives them a brighter light in their life and allows them to walk a little taller. So that's why I coach. That's really, really cool. So now I'm a little bit older than you, a lot older. I had the opportunity to watch you play in high school. Um, goes back all the way to the Perry Watson basketball camp. Mm-hmm. But your story is pretty incredible. You played with two sensational high school players at Detroit Renaissance High School in Detroit. Played for a big time high school coach. But it took you a while to get your first Division One offer. Mm-hmm. How incredible was it that Fordham believed in you? And it was uh, one of the, if not the best thing to happen to me in my basketball career. Like I said, going into my senior year, I played AAU with the family basketball organization, obviously with a lot of great players. And I went to Detroit Renaissance High School and a lot of great players came through there. So most of the players at the time that I played high school with are the best players played for my AAU team. So we were together all year. And as you said, two of those guys, Malik Harrison and Joe Crawford, were considered two of the top players in the country. So I was always kind of in the background, not really talked about, you know, always felt that I was capable of playing at their level and competing at their level, but, you know, didn't really get a chance wasn't able to show it in different situations. So going into my senior year, I had a really good summer. And I just knew I was just primed and ready to take that next step and really accomplish my goal of playing Division One basketball. You know, I knew it wasn't a skill thing. And I just looked at the situation and I just told myself, like, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. I'm just, I just wasn't going to be denied. I put in too much work. Fordham, like I said, Coach Ross Burns, I tell everybody he's an angel in my life. He was recruiting my teammate the year before at Youngstown State. And my junior year, he ended up my senior year going to Fordham. And then he started recruiting me because he always liked my game. They just didn't have room for be at Youngstown at the time. And that's how it all got started. And when I got that offer, it was just like, I'll never forget that day was after the Rodgers game. We played there, had a really good game. 30 coaches there. They were the only school to offer me that day. Just my relationship with Ross and opportunity to go to New York and get a new start was amazing. So it was a true blessing for me. So you get the Fordham Hall of Fame career. You're a recent Hall of Fame member at Fordham. All A-10 two times, over 1,700 points. How did you have so much success at Fordham, Marcus? That's a great question, actually. Uh, environment matters a lot. And when I showed up at Fordham, it was a complete different, like I said, it was a new start for me, a complete different environment for me where the coach looked to me to be one of the main players on the team from the day I stepped on campus. He told me he believed in my game. He wanted me to play free and just flourish, be Marcus Stout, be the best Marcus Stout I could be. I hadn't really heard that in a long time, you know, as a player. I hadn't heard somebody just tell me, hey, man, I believe in you. I want you to go out there and dominate. I want you to be a leader. I want you to score the ball, make plays, and just be one of the best players on the floor, you know, and in the program. And um, when I heard that, it was interesting because I that's what I always wanted to hear. Right. And I had to sacrifice, like I said, in high school, we won a state championship. And that was a great experience for me, too. But it was interesting because I was like, you want to hear something, but then you also start fighting it a little bit. And like, do I really believe that 
I can really do this, you know. So it was a lot of moments in time where I finally got the chance to flourish and be myself. But then certain times will come where, you know, you might have not do as well as you think and you looked at to carry the team and you start doubting yourself. And it was just interesting to go through those moments of still being believed in, even though I was doubting myself, my coach was still believing in me, Coach Wittenberg and Ross. They just allowed me to be my best self. They pushed me to be, like I said, a leader and to just be a great player. And that just allowed me to, to have the career that I have. That's high-level coaching there for sure, for someone to believe in you and speak those words into existence. Before we get into your whole coaching DNA and you with the Detroit Pistons organization, the Motor City Crews, but believing in someone, is that a big part of how you coach? I would say to me it's really not only a big part, but probably the most important thing for me. Mm is to show that confidence and belief, not only in the basketball player, but first in the person. I think us as just human beings in our nature, most of us need, you know, whatever we're trying to be great at, there are going to be some challenges as you're trying to climb the ladder and whatever. And when somebody believes in you through, you know, your downtimes, believes in you, even though you might not be, like I said, as successful or might not be where you think you should be and they continue to believe in you, continue to push you, continue to feed you confidence, I think that part, not only allows you to perform, but it allows you to even excel past the limiting thoughts that you have in your own being, you know. And for me, that's why I say it's number one, because I just want the person, number one, to believe in themselves, believe that not only they can do what they think they can do, but what I believe and try to show them a higher vision of what I see for them. And I think if you can get them to see that, you know, they can outperform what they even think they can do. You know, I just heard you give a speech to a local group and your social media is really, really powerful. I love following it. Even at 47, I'm inspired by you, some of the messages that you give. You had this really powerful speech to a group the other day, and you talked about knowing yourself and essentially trusting yourself and knowing who you are. Who built this mindset in you? My dad used to always tell me, he went on his basketball journey with me, he used to always tell me, like, don't let basketball define you. It's not who you are. And I used to hear that all the time. And, you know, it made sense to me. But going through it, I think when you give yourself to something like it was to anything and you continue to move up and level up, the higher you go, the more you kind of give up yourself and of your time to continue to separate yourself at the higher level. So what really happened for me was going through what I went through in high school. And like I said, I didn't really believe. I knew I was a really good player. I didn't really hear it a lot from a lot of people in my environment. I was really kind of like back to being like, it's me and I got to believe in myself because nobody else does. But in believing in myself, I had to put work into myself to get to know who I was. You know, that allowed me to, like I said in that speech, like it was times that I didn't have a scholarship, but I knew well, I got to score a few points and I got to have an impact on the game in certain ways to earn a scholarship now. That might have been outside of my role a little bit, which I still did my role at a high level. But I was also put the work in and believed in myself and knew who I was. And my skill set to be like, man, if, if I'm open, I know I can make this shot. I've worked on this shot a million times. I visualized it. And just being what I felt like back in the corner to be like, you got to believe in yourself and nobody else will. That allowed me to really just kind of tap into knowing myself at a higher level. That's kind of where it came from, for real. Just Mm. Being put in that situation, not really a always say to be, you know, open and honest, not in a, a healthy way. A lot of things that we go through in life are we have to go through tough times to get to know who we are. And it might not be, you know, a great time. It might be a tough time, which is OK. You know, this is part of life and you have to go through it. But you come out of it 
you know, better and knowing yourself, you're able to do great things as I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, I love that. So before we get to your hometown team, the Detroit Pistons, your role at the Motor City Crews, second year assistant coach, you have this great career at Fordham, play overseas, you find your passion, your calling to get back into coaching. You start the player development route. Can you talk to us a little bit about Pro Hoops and Flint United? How did both of these experiences help you grow as a coach? Pro Hoop, like I said, was a major blessing. So just a little background. When I, I got done playing, I started training in Michigan locally a little bit. And then once again, that's why Ross Burns who recruited me to Fordham. He actually left my sophomore year and started working at Pro Hoops with Jay Hernandez, who also coaching the NBA. So I started working with them while I was at Fordham. Wow. So I actually worked with them as a player when I was was at Fordham and a lot of the college guys and pro guys they had when I was in New York. So once I started training, I connected with Ross again. We stayed in touch and he just one day asked me to come out there and work with him with Pro Hoops. He seen what I was doing and he has an opening and he asked me to come work with him and just allow me to move back to New York doing NBA pre-draft with a high level. I think I worked with close to 25 to 30 NBA draft picks in the six-year span. multiple NBA players, you know, high level. It just allowed me to expose myself to a high level of of not only player, but a high level of teaching, a high level of training, just a high level of basketball, being in the NBA Players Association, interacting with, you know, people in that realm. Pro Who's just allowed me that platform to not only grow in my craft and build relationships, but once again, that belief factor and that validating factor of saying, I can really do this. You know, like the players, they want to work with me. They enjoy it. They're asking me questions. Yeah. You know, I was still young, at, younger at the time. So we were competing. We were playing. I was teaching them through playing. And, and Pro Who's just offering me that. It just offered me that platform, the opportunity to grow as a person, being away from home. And then in my craft of being around, like I said, a high level player, surrounded by high level coaches and trainers that I was working with and learning from. Like I said, this is just a huge blessing in my life to, to have those six years in New York to do that. So, so again, Ross Burns comes and saves the day <laughs> for me. What about Flint you United? Know? Yeah, so Flint United moved back to Detroit after living in New York. I was doing training in the area. I always wanted to come back where I was from mm-hmm. and really uh, kind of get back to the youth and the community and the basketball community which is who I am. You know, I have a great respect and admiration for the basketball community in Detroit. It made me as a player and helped me grow as a person. So a lot of things leaving and going around the world and around the country playing and training, like I just learned so much that I've seen other kids from other places had always wanted to come back here and do some things. I didn't know how I would do it, but uh, ended up moving back. And as I was training and working with the youth, I had a friend who connected me with the owner, which his name is Kevin Mays. Right. That owns Flint United, and he was first year organization. I was working in the community with a lot of the kids. He connected us, and um, just kind of went from there. So I ran the, the tryouts, and then he asked me to be assistant coach and run the player development and uh, be under Charlie Bell, who's another Michigan, you know, product on Flint. Yeah, he was sure. the head coach. Just that was my first actual official coaching job for them to give me that opportunity just coming straight from the training world. I know people used to tell me a lot like, you know, you need to get coaching experience, which is what I always wanted. But I knew I always want to challenge myself at the highest level and always want to go from training to coaching in the NBA. That was my goal. And I just knew I could do it. A lot of people say, you can't do that. You got to start here. And I was like, no, I want to start at the highest level. I just wanted to do that. That's where my mind was at. That's what I was building towards. So starting in Flint, you know, even though 
a lot of people don't consider it pro basketball. In my mind, it was professional basketball. I was right. working with pros, former professional overseas guys, people trying to get overseas, and it was an opportunity for me to get professional on-the-job experience and learn as a coach. So I'm forever indebted to Flynn United, to Kev, uh, Jalen Lee, who was the owner at the time, also for giving me the opportunity to be on the staff and, you know, get professional experience as a coach. You know, you're in New York, you're with Pro Hoops, you're training, and you go on your website. It's incredible to look at all the pros and the high traffic that you were working with <laughs> yeah what was the key like we're going to talk about some player development keys in a second but like how do you connect how do you inspire a high level player like this it's very interesting because like you know you walk in the gym one day and you meet these guys and they're you know they're about to get drafted in the nba a lot of them lottery some are you know second round but you just meet them at this level and it's kind of like they look at you like all right like what can you really tell me right now right you know it's like an interesting energy and one thing I learned when I was when I first started, what I was able to do was I, I only played two years professionally uh, due to the injury and whatever. So I was able to start working with a lot of my peers that I grew up with. And a lot of my peers played in the NBA, played overseas and professionally. So I knew by working with them, I remember I used to be nervous a little bit when I first started training. And I was about 25, 24 years old. And a lot of these guys I used to look up to when I played against a high school that were older than me. Right. I would step in front of them and be like, dang, like, what am I going to really tell them? I would kind of doubt myself, right. but I would just kind of jump into it. So anyway, through those situations, what I learned is that just my way of felt I was always a cerebral player. My way of viewing the game was always, well, I was communicating it and teaching it in a unique way because I always felt like they left learning something new or something added to their game, even though they were at a certain level where it would be challenging to them. So I was kind of fortunate to have those relationships and step in front of those guys. So uh, just fast forward to when I started doing the pre-draft and doing that stuff, when I stepped in front of those guys, I already had the confidence to say, okay, like I've done this at a high level. I've also worked with peers of mine that I competed against that have, you know, told me that they're learning from my way of teaching. So I just kind of threw myself into it and just trusted my way of teaching and my unique way of seeing the game and breaking it down to the details, just kind of communicating with them through that and then being creative and finding drills to challenge them, you know, footwork wise, making sure it's fun. But then also, like I said, competition is always the equalizer and I'm always willing and ready to be competitive. So a lot of times what really brought us together was, you know, if it was one of those days, you know, we might be talking talking a little bit they don't want to listen <laughs> whatever it's cool we would just you know what we're gonna cut the drills and we're just gonna play today right and we would compete but what that would do is it would just bring us closer and moving forward you know we would talk basketball and figure it out through there so that's pretty much how i approached it you know just connecting with those guys so one of my best friends is obviously rob murphy assistant general mm-hmm. manager for the detroit pistons four titles within the organization 400 days <laughs> but obviously you know i mentioned i was at murph's house a couple weeks ago i mentioned hey i'm gonna do a podcast with marcus coming up and his eyes just let up man he's sensational drove it's gonna be awesome okay so how did you get involved with the motor city cruise and what was year one that experience like for you so i got involved with the cruise really so I have a lot of people that I have relationships with in the NBA that I've kind of built. And one of my closer relationships, somebody who works in the NBA, he used to always tell me, he used to say, just stay in the gym. And when I was younger, I used to be like, all right, like I am staying in the gym. Like that's how I build myself as a player. That's how, I'm, you know, I'm 12 hour days in the gym is nothing to me. I love it. I can do it every day. But I'm like, I used to be like, man, just give me a job. 
I want to work in the NBA. Like that's what I used to think. So what that what I learned from that was, it, and I ended up telling him like what, what how I ended up coming along this Motor City Cruise opportunity was staying in the gym, perfecting my craft, but staying in the gym and getting better allowed a lot of relationships to come to me also. And I really cared about my work. I wanted to do a high level job. I don't care if it was a six year old or a professional in front of me. I approached it all the same. So got a few relationships. Through moving back, I had met uh, Pat Garrity, right. who was with the Pistons organization. I actually met him in New York through pre-drafting at the Players Association and started working with his son, Henry, when I was back. And then my current coach, coach DJ Baker, who is my coach for the Motor City Crews right now right. from Chicago. But he has some relationships with Coach Josh Baker, who was at Southfield Christian. Yeah and local coach. He was at Romulus when I was in high school. You know, my AAU coach, Coach Walker, is in the organization. I had known Murph and Murray through just competing with them in high school and through staying connected with them. So all of these kind of relationships, staying in the gym, working hard, building relationships, kind of led me to when this opportunity came up, all these people kind of mentioned my name to DJ. And it was kind of like he reached out to three, four. These are some of the names he reached out to. And they all was like, yeah, you got you to gotta give it a look. So uh, that's kind of how it all came about. When I got the call from Murph, he asked me would I be interested. I was like, definitely. And they were all an integral part in uh, making that happen for me. So that's kind of how that came about. So what about then, the, like, the experience mm-hmm. for you? You talked about wanted to work with professional basketball with the Flint United. High-level basketball, I mean, your roster, the G League is loaded. When you look at I mean, you guys had pl- guys on your roster that were at one time National Player of the Year in college. Like, what was that mm-hmm. like now? It was interesting. I looked up one day and I told our coach before the game, I think our starting lineup was Derek Walden. We had Michigan. Right. We had Kansas, we had Duke, we had Georgetown, and we had Iowa. And I was like, man, this the NBA is crazy because we have five high major, you know, programs starting in the G League right now that are trying to get to the NBA. So just to show you the level of player that's in the G League, you know, it's a super high level. It was really two things. It was a, a great learning experience. It was a whirlwind in a, in a way of uh, a lifestyle change for me. That was the biggest adjustment. To go from running the business and training and being on my feet at all times to being able to be on the court for only, you know, two to three hours, but having to do a lot of other type work in terms of scouting, video work, you know, for our players, game preps, all kind of things. So uh, the lifestyle shift of being on the court, just going, going, going all day, that was the most challenging thing for me. But the other part to it, what it did was, kind of I was really validated about how I was teaching the game and I realized I had a lot to learn through being around like coaches and being back in the team environment but also realized I had a lot to give and a lot of knowledge to add value to our program and to our team so when I got you know to understand those things I really found my rhythm and it was a great experience you know uh, to, to be around a high level player to continue to help those guys try to reach their dreams being that close you know so it's pretty cool so we've been texting and you know you guys are obviously in, in camp with the Pistons right now. You were on the Pistons Summer League bench this summer. You even got called up to an NBA game last year. What has been that experience like learning from Coach Casey, Troy Weaver, Coach Beeline's on staff. You mentioned Coach Baker. You guys have so many great coaches. Like, How have you been learning from just so many great basketball minds? It's like literally like being in a basketball almanac every day. You know, I've been a lot. All those guys have been great. They've been open. 
they've kind of really taken me under their wing. Coach Casey, like you said, Coach Beeline, Murph, Troy, Bano, all the coaches, Jim Moran, uh, Rex, all the guys in there, uh, Jerome Allen. I can go on and on with the names in there of guys that have done great things in this game, but they've all allowed me to ask questions. They've allowed me to have responsibility. They allowed me to mess up. They've held me accountable. They've kind of just, once again, kind of given me a, a environment that Fordham has given me which was kind of a safe environment, but also an environment of, of high level to push me to be better. They all kind of show confidence in my ability as a coach. You know, they believe that I can do great things. And hearing that from a, a coach beeline who I have a great, grown to have a great relationship with is like, I wanted to play for him. I grew up being a Michigan fan and to be in the building with him every day. So it's just, like I said, a major blessing and just trying to learn as much as possible. So like I said, it's just a kudos to those guys in the environment for allowing me to learn and, and grow and taking me under their wing. All right. So player development, what's the C smart Ascension plan? C smart Ascension plan is something when I was in the midst of trying to go from training to the NBA. I was sitting in my room in New York in my apartment and just thinking of ways that I could be creative, ways that I could separate myself, not only on the court, but in a tangible way of showing, you know, how I approach my work. The C Smart Ascension Plan is something that I just came up with. So it stands for connection specific, which is the C and the S. And then I'll spell out the M-A-R-T, which is measurable achievable, relevant, and trackable. So that's why I kind of, terms I came up that I wanted to define how I approach developing, you know, basketball players that I work with. Just let's just start from the top. What is the connection specific component? So the connection specific for me, being a professional athlete myself and then working with a professional athlete and being coached by professional coaches and then also watching professional coaches deal with athletes, I realized that the main thing, in my opinion, Number one, to get players to, and especially players that are at a high level, to want to do the, not not only want to play for you because they're going to want to play, but to want to do the small things that really affect winning, which is how do you connect with them? And if you can connect with them as a person at a high level, also be specific to that person within the team of how you connect with them. I just seen that coaches that did that, players seem to care just a little bit more to have a little better relationship and seem to just as a professional want to go that extra mile for their coach and for the program to really be a part of the winning program which is what you need as a coach you need your players to want to you know give everything they have so that's where that connection specific came from what about the rest of the c smart how do you make that tangible how would any coach listening to this be able to use that for their current players so that's a great question so the measurable part is something that putting numbers and time to everything to hold players accountable. So, you know, we all have an eye test in basketball. We can watch something to see that is getting better. But how can we show not only the player, but for coaches, you know, how can for jobs that we're trying to get or players that we're trying to work with, whatever, how can we show them that the work that we're doing is actually making a difference from a player before them and that we can translate to them. And that's where the measurable came from for me is, you know, how can I measure? I know I'm making this player better, but how can I measure it? So, for example, just a real-time example, one thing I did last year, we used to do this form shooting routine that I and, uh, pre-draft all the time, and we were kind of known for our players shooting really well during the pre-draft process, which is, you know, obviously a very important thing. So I just really grew, and I, being a pretty good shooter myself, knew how important form shooting was. So I implemented that program with about four or five of our players last year. We were like the third. We had the number five offense, but we were the third worst three-point shooting team in the league at one point. We were struggling. So I was like, man, I'm watching this. I'm watching this. So as a coach, I'm like, I know I can make it better, but I don't want to 
mess with people's shots. So I had a player that I had been seeing. I finally approached him. I said, look, man, like, you got to know how to do very strategic in-season work, you know. And I was like, let's just, I'm going to implement this routine with you. So he was open to it. And to keep a long story short, his numbers, like, the next three games went, went up. But all the other players see me do it with him. So I had, like, four or five players join this group. And we went through this routine every day. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we went from, like, bottom three within a month we went from bottom three to bottom six, but our numbers went from like guys were going from 30% from the first half of the month to like 45% for the second half of the month on the same amount of attempts. So I just say all that to say like implementing that form shooting routine, I knew that it would make it better, but I took it upon myself to say, let me keep these numbers from before when we didn't do it, when we did do it. And it was a measurable way for me to say my work is working for myself. I showed them. Mm. And then I also moving forward, you know, when I, hopefully can continue my career. That's something that I can use to show that my value of, you know, being able to add to a team. So achievable was just putting things in front of guys, putting goals in front of guys, small goals, big goals, long-term, short-term goals, things that they can achieve. Just putting in front of them consistently just so they continue to have something to work towards. Uh, That's where achievable came from. Relevant, this new age, understanding the youth, just seeing that, you know, these kids, you know, with, in my opinion, you know, the world that they live in, it's a lot of distraction. So being relevant, uh, being able to communicate with them, keeping the drills fun, that's something that was important to me, being creative. And then uh, trackable was something just in season, like I said, kind of similar to measurable, but just over time, if you continue to track things and see the ups and downs, kind of see the patterns of things, that way you can kind of show players. And also not only that, but you can maneuver your work around, okay, this is working with this player. This is not working with this player when I did this, because you can track it over time to see, you know, what you're doing good, what you're not in the jest as a coach. So that's kind of where those things came from for me. Sometimes I'll just go on your website. I really, really like watching you teach ball screens, offensive players playing off ball screens. I'm sure you've seen it all now with your professional career, working with these elite players. What's the key for you, Marcus? Like, What what do you try to really break down for a guy or a young lady coming off a ball screen? For me, it's, it's early recognition, if I could break it down in the simplest form. I want them to be able to recognize every situation possible that can happen to them. And once you recognize it, be able to have the skill set and the mental capacity, not the mental capacity, but I would call it the basketball IQ, I guess you can say, to right. react to it but to have multiple options off of that reaction. So that's the simplest way I can put it. Recognizing what's going on. I've seen this before. I know what I should go to. My reaction is to this space, to this angle. And then when I react, depending on what happens, you know, the game is is uh, unpredictable. I have, you know, a multitude of options to say, I know if this happens, I can go to this. So mm. that's kind of how I break it down in a simple way. You know, what about you've worked with guys at like the highest level, but I've also seen you work with pre-Pistons, high school kids, college kids, mm. little kids. Like, how do you break it down for them and make the game so fun and enjoyable and they want to get better? I guess the key for me is that I just, I really love the game when I was younger. I love going to drills and going to camps and learning new drills. I just really, really remember how I felt in those moments. I've never forgotten those things of how I felt going to those camps and learning new things. And I always, as a grown man now, I want to transfer that feeling because it was such a great feeling for me at the time. I just want to transfer that feeling into to the kids at their level. I want them to learn and have fun. I want to transfer going, getting college scholarships, becoming a pro, signing contracts. I just remember those moments and that energy that I had and that happiness and that 
much joy. And I really just want to share it. And for me, that's kind of how my communication and my training and my coaching comes about. Because I just really, like I said, care about the person. I care about people. And I love to see people shine. And I just, it, it makes me happy to just love to see people shine and do well. And I just, in my training, kind of keep that in the front, in the forefront. And I've had some great teachers in my life from all the way from the beginning to all the way to now that have allowed me to learn the game learn the fundamentals where I'm able to break them down in a certain way. And I've always been a detailed person myself. That's just how I learned the game, how I watched the game, how I played the game as the point guard and shooting guard position. So accumulation of those things allows me to, you know, just transfer information to these guys in a fun, exciting way while still learning at the same time. So Marcus, I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? What I would say I heard this recently, which really piqued my interest, they talked about how us, as, we as coaches, we know we always tell, we give our players, you know, most of the time we give them off-season workouts where we want them to come back better at. And I'm not sure, and he said, us as coaches, do we have our own off-season workout? What do we want to come back better at? So he said, uh, there was Noah LaRoche, actually, it was a podcast I was listening to, and he said, you know, think about being a player, you've been putting all this work this summer, you got stronger, you're jumping higher, you're quicker, your handle's better, whatever, your shooting is better. And you come back and you're doing the same drills you've been doing from your freshman year to your senior year it can kind of blow the wind out of yourselves you know not you know there's no adjustment to the system there's no new things you're learning and for me that kind of just really piqued my interest to get back into my player mindset and that's what I wanted to get to in saying that is never losing that player mindset approach and even if you didn't play at a high level, whatever that is, at some point you love the game. At some point you want to learn the game as a player first when you were younger, most likely. And that energy, if you can transfer that energy into looking at your players in that same way and not just coach player, but player to player and continue to develop as a coach as you wanted to do when you were trying to become great at the game. I think that can allow you to just become your best self, which is all you can be, and continue to grow and learn and give yourself the best opportunity, you know, with networking, doing all those different things, you know, to have great opportunities in this coaching world and continue to, to impact lives and get better and, and level up. So that would be my best advice. Well, Coach Marcus Stout, I knew you were good, but I didn't realize you were this good. <laughs> I remember watching you play in high school. Remember the days at the Perry Watson basketball camp and mm-hmm. probably wish I could go back in time right now and been a little bit smarter and recruited you and helped take the program <laughs> to another level at U of D <laughs> with so many great players we had there. But that being said, I've just, I mean, I loved watching you play at Fordham, but it's super cool to see your journey into coaching. You've demonstrated you're really good in how you teach the game. So I'm just wishing you best of luck in year two with the Motor City Crews. I expect I'm going to see you a lot this year with the Crews and probably a few more times with the Pistons and their coaching staff. And, you know, I agree with Coach Murphy said, you you are sensational. I'm super excited to see where your career goes. And I'm just so appreciative, Marcus, that you would spend some time with us and help young coaches. I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, I, I remember sitting in those uh, Perry Watson lines looking at you and Rashard Phillips and all those guys standing in the front. So to be on this phone with you is uh, definitely a great opportunity, and I appreciate it for sure. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Take care. That was a great conversation with Coach Marcus Stout. Here are some things that I love that Coach Marcus said. I love basketball, I love people, and coaching brings these two together for me. Coach Ross Burns is an angel in my life. Environment matters. I believe in you. I want you to dominate. Fordham's environment allowed me to be my best self. And the most important thing you can do as a coach is show confidence and belief in people. My dad, don't let basketball define you. Move up, level up. Love that. Knowing myself. 
just stay in the gym. Being with the Pistons daily is like being in a basketball almanac. And the Pistons are giving me that same environment as Fordham. Again, I just love how Coach Marcus used the word environment throughout this podcast. The C-Smart Ascension Plan. Connection specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, trackable. Connect with your players as people first. Form shooting routine, a great measurable example. Early recognition on ball screen reads, then react to that read. Good stuff, Coach Marcus. I love to see people shine. Love that quote. How about Coach Marcus's simple tips for young coaches? Do we have our own off-season routine to get better as coaches? Never lose that player-to-player mindset approach. Level up. Thank you, Coach Marcus Stout, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Drow. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. If you're looking for high-quality athletic gear and uniforms, check out Moneyball Sportswear. And I can't say this enough. If you're looking for a great book to read, and please go back and listen to episode 87. But you have to grab a copy of the book Deep, The Life of Rob Murphy, Alive with Purpose. Finally, another great book coming out soon. Pre-order Rashad Phillips' book, Basketball Position Metric. Oh, by the way, go on Twitter and see the king, LeBron James, and Rashad tweeting each other. Pretty cool. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.